flick. Here's May! David May this time! He's gone in! Looks like David May! Well, his first one in Europe this season. But what an important one there, David May. David May delivers for Manchester United. He gets up early, that's the secret here. He's up well before the defender. And that's an excellent header. Hello and welcome back to another Manchester United podcast. It's a slightly different take on our normal episode today as we will be speaking to Maisie. (laughs) But not here, of course. Now we're playing out a chat we had with you a few weeks back. Uh, Basically, we had an extended sit down with yourself, Maisie, as a pilot episode of this show. There you go. You were a pilot. You were were just going to be the pilot episode. I've got some jobs, mate. But it was such a lovely chat, I have to say. We thought it was worth sharing with everyone. And since then... We've asked you back every week, that's, so it worked. That's so kind. <laughs> you passed. That's so kind. I tell you, so kind you two. Thanks. Did, uh, did you enjoy sitting down and, and talking to your career? I did, yeah. I, yeah, because it just brings back so many memories. And um, it's. I think it's nice when you can sit down with, with half-decent people and actually tell your story of, of, of your you know your career, your, your upbringing and um, how things were at United and things that you do after the club. So, yeah, I think it's really nice. Because well, I guess being a pundit, your focus is always on what's happening right now in a game. And yeah. it's never, no one's ever going, Maisie, look what's happening out there now. When you were playing, what did you do? Because obviously that's not no. hugely relevant. But to be able to sit and go through it, I guess, was... Um... Well, I think, I think it just gives an insight from a player when, you know, the questions you get asked and everything's not as rosy as what everyone seems to think as, mm-hmm. you know, being a, being a footballer, being an ex-footballer. Yeah. You know, there are some ups and downs, as you will hear. And um, I just hope you enjoy it. When's the book out, Maisie? Um, I'm just on to my producers now, and uh, it will be out. This could be the start of it. This will be out in about 2034, I think it is. Oh, there can only be one title for that book. What? David May Superstar. Oh, there you go then. It can't be any other title, surely. Cheers, mate. <laughs> well, let's stop talking to you now, Maisie, and get into our chat with you, recorded in August this year. We set up our microphones in the Old Trafford stands one afternoon, and this is how it went. So we are currently sat at, I think, suite three in the Centennial Suites. I don't know what they're called. Um, we're just outside a box looking over the pitch. Um, to my left are the director's boxes, seats, and there's a tour going on. So they're having a lovely time. It's a bit oh, drizzly. Oh, the boxes over there. And then if you actually look to the right, the tunnel's there. Do you want me to give you the tour? Yeah, go on. Talk there is actually it. a tour directly across now. Talk to us about the pitch. It looks immaculate. It is. Helen, very, very different from when we used to play. When Johnny played, where mm-hmm. would you watch from? We used to be in a box just a little bit down from here, although sometimes I would be working, so I'd be in the studio. Yeah. But if I was here with the family, I'd be down there in the box watching. Which did you prefer? Working because then I didn't have to feed the kids, go in the night <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> I could actually watch the match. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But sometimes I would be in the stands too down there. That's the family stand down beside the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Good seats down there too. There's no bad seat here, is there? No. No, I mean, it is, it is like a magnificent place to just sit. Like, I still get so ridiculously excited when I walk I through the Munich Tunnel and then come in. And I just, like, especially coming in, I love getting in early and, and looking at an empty stadium. I think yeah, it's no, genuinely it's an exciting place to be. I don't know what that says about me, but I do like it. Yeah, I do. I like it myself. But there's also talk that Old Trafford's looking old. I think it looks lovely. I do don't... Compared to, like, the Emirates or... But that's good. It's know, got the, character. Exactly, it's got history. Yeah, don't you like that? I, I love that. I love that. But um, no, I think if you can get the, the south stand developed, then this would be absolutely 90,000 week in, week out. be amazing. Uh, Maisie, last time you played here would have been the treble yes, anniversary match. Yes, it was, yeah. 
How'd yeah. that go for you? It was fantastic. I was uh, I was fantastic. I never gave the ball away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? Just just being in the dressing room with the lads again, it was really really special because obviously it was what, twenty years since that heroic night. And you know, looking back, you'd have never thought Ollie would have been manager of the of the team then. Bex coming over. Um, I've not seen Bex for 15, 16 years. All the rest of the lads probably see in and around the club and doing various things with United. But just to get everybody in that dressing room again, slaughtering Albert the kit man, as, as we did Can't every worry. day. What's up with you? Albert. I know. I know, bless him. But he deserved it. Why would you pick on Albert? Um, because he's the brunt of all. Old jokes. <laughs> he was. Whether you're cutting his... And Maisie is the giver of all jokes. <laughs> But no, it was it was it was just great to be back and to get what seventy thousand fans there was 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 fantastic. You know, Bex never looked as if he'd he was loving ever it. Been away, yeah. He was loving it. Yeah. How um, sore were you the next day? By the way, oh, I only played ten minutes. Were you actually in agony? I, I played in that that role that you don't have to run. That's goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, just going to yeah, say. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because I played in a like a little benefit game maybe about six weeks before, and I tweaked my Achilles and I thought, there's no way I can play. Because if I start chasing somebody, I don't want my Achilles to snap. So I had a word with a gaffer. He says, right. And then just after Booty scored, Teddy was complaining about his calf. So I went, right, I'll go and play in Teddy's role. Yeah, from one really, really pacey player to another. Yeah, exactly. So what about your very first game here? Yeah, that was... Uh, he doesn't I th- know. I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's 26 years or something like that, 25 years, three days ago. Nice. Yeah. Specific. QPR at home, 2-0. Uh, Brian McClare scored and uh, Mark Yu scored. So that was your first game as a United player? It was, yeah. Did you well, play here the, with Blackburn? I did, yeah. Yeah. What, what when, was that like? um, When United won the, won the first Premier League after 26 years, I was in a car accident the day before, so I actually missed that game when the 1-3-1. But I played here later on when we got jibbed. We were winning 1-0. Incy dived for a penalty. We ended up drawing the game 1-1, I think. Um, so yeah, I played a couple of times. Never lost against United. It's quite a good record, isn't it? Yeah. How many times did you play them? <laughs> uh, four times, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite good, isn't it? Pretty yeah. good record, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, that's why the gaffer signed me. That's isn't it? Yeah, that's why the gaffer signed me. You know, he, he saw something there. And yeah. what's Helen? Do you know what Johnny's record is? I have no idea. Why did you not ask me that before, Sam? I, I, don't, I, just, I just thought of it and it just seemed to come into the conversation. I have no idea, no. Does he like playing against United? Yeah. Was it's probably more excited about the first it. time he came and played, he nearly went into the wrong changing rooms. <laughs> then he started to line up on the wrong side. Because you've done something your whole life, haven't yeah. you? And then the last game of the season last year when Leicester played United, he was injured for the first game, so he missed that one. What's the build-up in the Evans house that day of the game? Obviously, I know. Maybe on the Friday or the Saturday then. Would, would he be in the hotel? It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd be in the hotel. But like the build-up maybe on a Thursday then, thinking, right, we've got United on Saturday. Oh, it's the best week. Yeah? It actually feels like you're going home. Oh. I know it, feels, it sounds a bit emotional, but it does. Presumably, if United win, he might be upset, but you're celebrating. It's just a strange... Do you sleep together strange. in the same bed that night, or do you start <laughs> fighting and have an argument? Just punching the head of each other. <laughs> it's just a strange... It's a strange one, because you just want both teams to win but it can't happen I don't know <laughs> a draw is a good result yeah, so that's what we call a draw yeah, yeah. <laughs> both losers <laughs> so yeah it's always a strange week but it's the best week amazing talking about Blackburn yeah do you remember someone getting in touch to be like right it's Man United 
biggest team in the country, Alex Ferguson, what happened? Because also, weren't you a Boyhood City fan? I used to watch in City, yeah. yeah. I like that you cleverly denied being a fan. You just, you have, they were a team you watched. Well, That's... there used to be a um, mate I used to play football with and she supports City. My dad at the time couldn't get to Old Trafford, so her dad used to take us. But then I used to go watching Oldham whenever City were away or I'd go watching Oldham. Uh, I used to go watching Berry. So, you know, Oldham's probably two miles from my house. So it's right on the doorstep, really. So you just like football? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But going back to the yeah. what you said about... So it's 1994, right? 90, yeah, been 93, 94, I think, then. We played Norwich away at Blackburn. Won the game 2-0, and then we're in the bar after having a beer. Matt, I, I'm close mates with Matt Robbins, and he just said, United are watching you. And it was from then on in, sort of thing. How long was that until you actually that was just That was probably just before, I'd say about November, December that would have been. I got a phone call to say that, you know, United want to sign you. Spoke to Les Kershaw at the time. He was a chief scout. And he said, you know, what's happening with your contracts? I said, nothing. He said, right, how do you fancy joining Man United? And that was it. Me done. Sold at Carroll Road. Do you think sometimes people don't realise what it's like to actually join here? I was talking about this with somebody a few weeks ago. I think it was on one of the shows about Harry Maguire joining. You don't realise the no. size of the club no. until you come. I was absolutely gobsmacked. I think our first away trip. Not, not so much away trip, but our pre-season tour was to the Far East, and it was like bedlam. That's what I was going to say, especially when you go on the oh, tour. mental. Absolutely. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe how big this club is. You don't realise, as you say, no. until you're in it, and you think, Jesus, that's massive. You've got a specific example. That would be nice. Hong Kong. We are in a hotel in Hong Kong, and we couldn't go down to the to the lobby or anything like that. They had to have bouncers or security, so nobody could come up the stairs and, and bother you, because it's probably about, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 people, fans in the in the lobby and you just could not go anywhere. Did you find that distressing or did you love it? I found it weird. When I was a Blackburn, we'd go away, I don't know, Norway, Sweden, something like that, and there'd be two men and a dog watching you. Not, you know, there'd be nobody there. And then first away trip, Galatasaray, like three and a half, four thousand. Yeah, just an easy <laughs> yeah. European Cup, yeah. Right after the year, obviously, when, you know, Eric got sent off and that, that all kicked off to go back there. I, I was rooming with Sharpie. And we're in this hotel on the Bosphorus and Turkish fans are sailing up the Bosphorus, sending rockets at the hotel. Fireworks. It's like, what's going on here? You come off the plane and there's three or four thousand there. Welcome to hell. You will die. Galatasaray. Yeah, really. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Did it bother you? Did it I can't imagine you being I loved like, it. Oh. I love being hated and I still love the, Do you? the yeah. I love the fact that United are hated. Oh, right, OK. I thought you meant you personally. No. You looked so no, sad I, I, then. I, 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 know. <laughs> I know. You're me, mate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it. Everybody hates United. They do. They do. It's, and everybody it's... raises their game against them, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's jealousy because we are the biggest We, we are the biggest club in the world and there's so much hate, hatred towards us. So I love being part of that, being hated by everybody else. You and Lee Sharp in a dressing room sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sharpie was all right. Sharpie's great. I still see him now. We still play play golf with, with each other. And um, I, mean, I went playing golf with Sharpie over in, in America and he totally changed the way he was. He just loves loves life now. He's got a family. He's got two kids. I was going to say, he's got little kids now. He's married. He? And he's totally different from what, what he was at United, like a, like a playboy and superstar. He just loves having a cig and having a, having a Jack Daniels and just... Chilling out, enjoying life. You must have played pranks on each other when you were in that room, though, did you? 
Yeah, every day. Anyone walks in with a new pair of trainers, that'll be it. Laces will be cut. That must have been so annoying. Like I remember reading about well, that in like it. magazines when I was a teenager. You'd be like, oh, Wayne Rooney's cut someone's tongue out of their shoes. Why? Like, there's a point where surely, like, week it's after childish. week, it's not funny it's anymore. It's childish. Yeah. I know. But that's it. It's so childish. Yeah. It is. And it's the most childish things. What's the worst? Do you ever, did you ever, do you ever think you crossed the line? Did you ever upset someone a bit and think, oh, I didn't care if I did. No, no, I know. But what is there a time you come to? The, uh, it was more tomorrow? lenient back then, though, wasn't it? Yeah, you could get away with it then. Albert, and no social media for people. No, so to... yeah, Albert <laughs> sticking DP in his boxes and just watching him bubble. Watching him bubble. Yeah, one one thing that I, I always wanted to do, which I never did because I thought it would. I remember Dave Fever speak having a chat about things that went on in the rugby, and he was coming back from Australia, being on tour with, must have been Wigan, I would imagine. One of the lads had fell asleep drunk on a flight, and his mate got Imac and took his cap off, put Imac on his hair, on his head, and put the cap back on. And obviously, as he's landed at Manchester or Heathrow, wherever he landed it's gone. at, his hair's gone. I think that's hilarious. Of course you I do. Think, I think that's brilliant. And I always wanted to do it in like a conditioner bottle in, uh, in the sure. showers. Yeah. So Watch the lads would be in. there and, and it would just be literally yeah. wash and go. <laughs> but I never quite. Was there anyone that was off limits? The manager. Yeah, I was wondering. Oh, right, off limits is in like... Yeah, that you wouldn't do anything to, you just leave, oh, God, like, you no wouldn't, you'd just leave alone. Oh, you'd leave, yeah, you wouldn't do that with a gaffer, Jesus. Right. No. Or senior players, it's kind of like a bit of a hierarchy, isn't there? Until you get to that point where you're sort of a senior player, you can't play pranks on them, but when you come in and... Well, yeah. you were quite quiet at first when you come in, were you? For the first six months, I never spoke. I can't never imagine spoke. that. I know, I know. And then Christmas came and it was the uh, Christmas party. <laughs> a few bits in me and that was it. Mazes arrived. Did somebody take you under the wing, though, if you didn't speak? Like, you must have had to try and speak well, to Well, I sat next to Pally, which, obviously, Pally's just, like, the laziest man ever. He, he can be bothered talking he to can you. Be, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Pally and Brucey, when I first arrived in the dressing room down at the cliff, you know, they was like, you know, welcome to the club. You know, you'll have a great time, a great, great dressing room. And it was. It was a brilliant dressing room. If you had to relive, looking out at the pitch, it's just so nice, isn't it? If you had to relive one moment on the pitch, Maisie, what would it be? I'm going to give you two. 96 against Porto. I scored the first goal. We were 4-0. And we was, the actual round, we were the underdogs. But we batted them at home 4-0. And I've never had airs on the back of my neck stand up with the atmosphere that night. It was it was incredible. I always remember just, just down here on the left-hand side, uh, in front of the north stand, a flare being thrown on and it's scorching the pitch. But yeah, scored the first and we, we ended up winning the game 4-0. And then the other one would be beating Spurs at home the year of the treble, having to win the last game of yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. And the manager, as always said, you know, he'd, he'd want to win the league at home last game of the season, yeah. and yeah. we did it, having gone 1-0 down as well. I tell you my too. Actually, you were involved in one. Well, you weren't involved, but you were there when we were sat in the Stretford end when Wayne Rooney scored his overhead kick. You were behind Sully and I, I think, were you? Uh, we, were, we were sat there, weren't and we? And I just remember... In that moment, oh thinking, yeah. oh my goodness, this is such a major moment. And then the other one was when we played Real Madrid in the Champions League. The 4-3. The, no, the last 16, Fergie's yeah, last yeah. year. And do you remember the atmosphere? And Nani got sent off yeah. and then yeah. the atmosphere started to really build. And then Fergie came out to the touchline and like yeah. started waving his hand. And I actually just remember like the tears like going down my face because oh. it was just such... Oh, oh, honestly, so never, I was with my friend Rebecca, who used to come to all the matches with me. And I just remember the two of us like standing there, like crying. It was so emotional because the whole crowd was just behind him. That's the two. Although that wasn't obviously a happy memory because no, we sure, didn't go on to win. But like that was the best. Was yeah. When it gets going, it's amazing, isn't oh, it? Oh my goodness. It's so good. I, I honestly wish they could replicate that, you know, week yeah. in, week out. Because I tell you what, 
having played here, listening to the the crowd, it is intimidating. It yeah. does. Because what be, people I think don't realise be... at home, you actually hear abuse when you're down there playing, oh, don't God, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear it really clearly. Oh, I, I never got abuse. No, no. Obviously say, you never right, yeah, yeah, no, is I do. Yeah, I heard is that. that. Johnny telling you that. <laughs> he does, though. He says you can you actually can. hear some people oh, yeah. like shouting things yeah. at you. Oh, you got dogs abuse. Because you just think down there, you just hear like a load of noise at once. You wouldn't think you'd specifically no. hear like one person. Particularly like, like obviously me and Johnny playing centre half, you get quite yeah. a bit of time to you know savour the atmosphere and. Obviously, you hear the odd, odd dig. I remember going back to the um, the '99 game against Bayern Munich. For the last probably couple of minutes, obviously there were seventy thousand people there. I remember standing in, in the centre circle, looking around, thinking, "Wow, wow!" And I took that as my job, week in week out, just playing and just took it for the norm. But probably that day, I realised how special this club was, and it was like. As, as Ellen just said, they, it was emotional. I thought, oh my God, I'll never ever, never ever play in front of 70,000 people again. But to play here at the Theatre of Dreams, part of like the most historic thing that's happened to the club and in the treble, um, was was brilliant. Sport's so emotional though, isn't it? Yeah, so emotional. Yeah. Also, the treble is fascinating, I think, for you maybe, maybe you find this or you don't, because obviously you're so, like you're so prominent in the pictures, like you, you're the crown. <laughs> Do you know what, I, that... I, I, yeah, I didn't even kick a ball that season, but it's just that I was... That's a... why it's so good. But it's, <laughs> is it something, because I remember... And you know what? People slag you off for amazing, but I actually love it. I'm like, yes, yeah, you it's go. Great. You celebrate. You contributed. When I was a teenager, I read a, what must have been an interview with you. I was talking to you about it the other day, yeah. bizarrely. Um, and I'm sure that you had said that you'd gone back and forth on whether or not you now, this is maybe 10 years yeah, ago, yeah, you I thought do, it was do, a good yeah. idea and yeah. your dad had told you to get in the pictures. Well, my dad used to say to us, always get near where the trophies on the on the things, on celebrating. Because when you watch the FA Cup and you go up them steps, half the time they raise the cup before everybody's on the yeah. actual veranda or balcony or whatever it is. And I'd, I, I don't know, when I look back, I think maybe a bit of a knob there, like doing that, but... Yeah, I just think, do you know what? I'm in that moment. That's it. You just like you're celebrating. Yeah, it doesn't look yeah, like you didn't you plan that. It's not I, like I, you went. No, and... I never planned yeah. then. No, but as for the FA Cup, I wanted to be there. So every time I look at it, I savour it, and I, I do. And do you know what? So much as I've got the medals, I love the medals, but it's the memories that I love more. Yeah. Big question. Where are the medals? Oh, you don't tell anybody that. I don't know where they are. Because somebody robbed your house. Oh, that's a good point. I saw something yeah. the other just day about just somebody. Put it all over, you know, the radio now. Well I saw balls. somebody talking about um, the medals the other day, and they were like, "Oh, they're in my sock drawer, wrapped up." And I was like, "Why would you, you tell a somebody sock that?" Yeah, what fancy. Who has a sock drawer? You don't have so a sock many drawer? socks. They've got to draw just a sock. sock drawer? Yeah. Maybe you got a bigger house. <laughs> that's a small drawer, though. Yeah, what? Well, well, nobody just has a sock drawer. Where do you drawer? put your socks? They're in my, my, my cakes. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're tell. in my boxes. And by the way, they're in two baskets. What dark are? socks and white and no. light socks. That's all yep. CD, though. A day in the life of Helen Evans. Yeah. Is that, uh, what does that say on your T-shirt, by the way? I bought it here from a stool when I was 15. and um, Still fits? When you were 15? Yeah. How, How old are you? Are you? 30. <laughs> you I've just totally stopped growing? Tell us what it says. It just says 20 Legend. And it's got Soulshire 20 on the back. Love that. Mimicking cool. the banner, which is what above us here. So, yeah, just so. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ollie, he's done well, he? he has. Scraped a living, hasn't he? Since uh, he came on for you on his debut. Yeah, twenty 
What would it be? 20, 20 odd years ago? 96, yeah. 96. Im, Ronnie and Yordi. And Poborski, was it? Pobs as well, that year. Did you see Ollie and think, well, I imagine in 23 years, in three days' time, he's manager? Well, when you saw him, I mean, he doesn't look much older now, which is pretty annoying. <laughs> um, but when he came in, you're like, who's this kid here? Because he just looked... He just did have such a baby face, yeah. didn't he? But he was like an assassin. He was, he was phenomenal. He, I still say he's the best finisher mm-hmm. I've ever seen. We were lucky that year. You know, Yorkie and Coley and Teddy and, and Ollie. He was just, um, as, as a lad, as a kid, he was, he was brilliant. You know, he's just very humble. I just can't imagine a nasty bone in his body. Like, he is literally the nicest oh, person. Yeah, but I, like, so he is nasty, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I don't believe there's, like, obviously your husband is a professional footballer. And as I a result, think I imagine Johnny, you love Johnny him very is. much. He looks but, too soft. Yeah, you have to be, surely there has to be a level of it's determination and grit and nastiness to get to this level. You know, but sometimes he's on the pitch and I'm like, why did you do that? That was so mean. I'm like, people are going to think you're like really nasty and a bad temper at home, but he is literally the most chilled out person know, yeah. in the world ever. Yeah. But yeah. But Ollie is. But you when, when you cross fight, it, yeah, you? when you come out of that corner over there and you're on that pitch, don't forget you've got, you've got a duty to the club. And whether that's kicking 10 bells of crap out of somebody and making sure that you win the game, then so be it. Was he vocal in the changing rooms? He wouldn't be a... A Keeney or a, or a Peter Schmeichel or a Gary Neville, but he would get his point across, certainly. And I remember the, the Newcastle game and Rob Lee was running through because we had a corner and they counter-attacked us and Ollie chased him down and just volleyed him outside the edge of the... <laughs> volleyed him. Oh, of course, that's like, yeah, that clip so, is like, just goes viral, like every six months someone will share it online yeah, again absolutely. and everyone will love it. Yeah, and he got a stand innovation. Yeah, manager's reaction though. And the manager probably ripped his head off, <laughs> you know. We don't do that type of thing, but... But then as he was walking out, he probably went, well done, Sam. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to love Deep that down. about Fernie. Yeah. He used to always, always, well done, wasn't it? Even if you did an interview with him, always well tapped done. you in the back yeah. on the way out, well done. Yeah. And you were like, oh, Fergie, give me a well done. I know. Even though he did it to everybody, but you felt special. <laughs> Obviously, there's like, what, 23, 25 players in a squad, so you're not going to be best friends with everybody. But what was your relationship with Ollie like? Got on well with him. I really well... I, I think I got on with that well with everyone. We, uh, to do what you did that year, you must have had such a close squad, though. You don't get a no. You don't have you don't have that success, and people a lot of people don't like each other. You hear a lot of dressing rooms now where you have foreigners sit over there. Them them two lads, Ronnie and even Yardy was a great lad. But having watched Dolly train and, and play against him in training, you just knew it was something special. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's the manager now. Actions speak louder than words, and. You know what he did for this club, the goals he scored. Amazing! If you'd never come off that day, I know. And he come on for his debut. I know. Yeah. Yeah. See. Do you know I, what I mean? I should get credit for that. You actually should. I should. If that I were, if day. I were, if I weren't playing crap, <laughs> the gaffer wouldn't have dragged us off <laughs> against Blackburn. Another tour goes by. I wanted to go on one of those tours so much when I was little. I asked for it every birthday and Christmas. Never got it. Probably because no? you live so far away. But that is exactly listen, why. Yeah. No time like the present. <laughs> why do you do one today? <laughs> got time actually. We could actually do a podcast on the tour. On the tour. We should do oh a podcast goodness, on the tour. Oh my that's such a good idea. Sometimes my... Yeah. Tell you what. Honestly, I've had a bad week, but listen... This is why you've got there's 10 There's some bright moments down there. We can actually see three tours on the on the way now. One in the director, just below. One coming out of the tunnel. And one just They're starting just in the north stand. Maisie, I want to talk about the new look uh, centre-back line this yeah. season. Obviously, it all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Wan-Bissaka, Harry Maguire. I think Wan-Bissaka is an unbelievable signing for us. He's just fearless, isn't he? He's fearless. You never ever see him get done for pace. He's, he's 
frighteningly quick, reads the game ever so well. And obviously alongside him now, you've got Victor alongside Harry Maguire now. They could they could form a real partnership. How it was so important that partnership, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, of course. Over the years, predominantly United have always had a really tough spine of the team. Back over the years, Big Pete, Brucey Pally, um, Yap Ronnie, then you go, you know, Rio Vidic. And then for the last few years it's been disjointed with people getting injured and swapping and changing centre halves. I'm not just blowing smoke up Johnny's backside here, but I thought it was wrong getting rid of Johnny when they did. That was under Van Gaal. I thought that was probably one of the worst decisions, but Cella V. So when you played, who did you like to play with? I used to like playing, obviously, with Pally. As I mentioned earlier on in the, the podcast, Pally's the craziest man alive. But playing alongside him was, was brilliant because, you know, you just let Pally go and win every header. And you just used to so then you became the laziest man alive. <laughs> I became the laziest one. <laughs> yeah. But Pally over a distance, I don't think, even Giggsy, Pally over a, over a certain distance, I don't think anyone got got the better of Pally. I love Pally. His legs are so long. I know, yeah. Six foot four of those big gangly legs. And you'd think, you know, when, when we used to travel away, his his diet wasn't probably the best diet. I've been room with him for a couple of years. Family bag of crisps and two litre of Coke and <laughs> family bag of minstrels. But yeah, on the Saturday or the Sunday whenever we're playing, he was phenomenal. Um, I enjoyed playing with Ronnie. We just had a, a really good understanding. And probably out of the, the, all the lads that I loved playing with Ronnie the most, probably. Well, people like now, especially with United, having had so many centre-back pairings, people talk about the importance of the pairing and the chemistry and who they yeah. play with. As an actual player, is that something you think about? Do you think, oh, I really hope I'm playing with this person rather than this person? Or because I know, like you said about playing, like he's going to win the headers and I'm going to do that yeah. work. Is that stuff you think about? Or do you just think, it's my game, I'm playing centre-back, someone else is as well, I'll get on with it? You do, you just don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as long as you're playing, you don't mind. Not, not bothered who you're playing with. But you do you, you do form partnerships and understandings. And the more you play with them, the more you learn their game more than anything. Yeah, you know, you learn off each other. You know the weaknesses, you know the strengths. So I think out of all the pairings in a, in a, in a team, those two are the most important because they, they set the benchmark, you know, they can... You can control the defence, how high you play, how far you want to drop off. You you can speak to the midfield to drop off, get up, you know, further up the pitch. So those two positions are massively important. On the reverse of this, when the summer would come and the club would be buying defenders, yeah, would that make you worry? Would that? Would yeah. That... Yeah. When I always remember the gaffer bringing get me and Pallion, when Ronnie and Henning signed, but he said I brought them in to cover you two, and he got me and Pallion in his office. I thought we'd done something wrong, but... Standard, you're like, oh, no, Standard, here we yeah. go again. Here we go. Pally, what have Hold you done? <laughs> Pally, what have you done? I've done anything. Where were you last night? But no, it was... He, he, he said, listen, I brought these into for cover, and then you just fight amongst yourselves who, who starts. Is it stressful not playing? Oh, yeah, naturally. Nobody likes playing, Yeah, I hated it. Do you want the team to win when you're on the bench? Yeah, but concede three or four. <laughs> win five. Yeah, no... Obviously, you want the team to win. Of course you do. You know, I still want the team to win now. But when you're playing, you want them to, to be win, needed, I guess. But not play well. Yeah. I love that. It's so honest. Yeah, but it, that's, that's the way it is. Well, that's that, why you're a professional footballer, because you've got that competitiveness in you. Yeah. You no, have to have that, don't you? Don't you need that. And I don't get people who now you know, just sit in the stands and just continue to take the money. I'd rather leave and be competitive in another team than sit and, you know, just think, well, 
getting paid. It's it's not right. What happened when you did leave? Was that your choice or the club? No, no, no. The gaffer said like, you know, you struggled with injuries, and I did. I, you know, snapped me Achilles, ruptured my thigh. I had a really tough time of it. Went into meltdown a few times. People going about depression in football. Being injured is depressing. It is. And, you know, when, you, when you're out for six months, seven months, and you see the lads enjoying themselves, winning things, you know, it is, it is hard. It's so hard because you want to be out there doing it. It's your job. You just don't feel part of it probably. No, whenever. you don't. You don't. And it is tough. And I can understand to a certain extent when people finish football, if they don't have anything set up, how they can go into depression. Because mm-hmm. you went on loan to Huddersfield, right? Uh, yeah. Was that? <laughs> Pulled my hamstring first game. Is that what happened? Yeah. Because I've not played. As much as I played the reses, you, know, you can play the reses and you can you can breeze through it's easier. But when you step up into the first team again, there's more pressure. And Those big bags of crisps and minstrels of Pally probably didn't help either. <laughs> <laughs> Did you change your diet by then? That was it, yeah. That was Pally's fault. I blame him. <laughs> Always blame someone else, amazing. Yeah. But no, it is. It is so tough. It is really, really tough. And you've got to have a strong family behind you. Otherwise, you know, you can go into meltdown. And you see more and more people now finishing the game and talking about depression. And it is depressing. It is. I suppose it must be a bit of, does it feel like retirement, but at such an early age that you, you're not ready to retire? And then do you know what, what do you Sam? do, I guess? Do you know what? When I finished, when, I, when the gaffer got us into his office, he said, look, you've been a fantastic servant. You've never been no trouble with the club. Uh, I wish you well. Really? I know, yeah. I know. What? <laughs> no, I'm, I've, got, I've got to lie, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't make it all truthful. And he said, you know, if ever you need me, my door's always open. But I remember driving out, out of Canton thinking, That's it. That's me. What do I do now? What do I do now? And I, I couldn't take it. And I, I was to a point where I thought, That's me done. Did you cry? Do you know what I did? Dri- driving out of Canton. Filled up, thinking, what do I do? My life's, well, my career's over, finished. I just went on a 12-day bender on my own. Did you say 12? 12 days, yeah. I had an apartment in Manchester. What, uh, did nobody join you in that 12 days at all? No, I just went on the, on the no. honestly. I had an apartment in um, Parsonage Gardens behind Candles, and uh, I went to stay there. Actually, we won the league at Everton, and we had the party in the living room. This is, this is mad now. So we're in there, and obviously the lads are celebrating, and I've had enough because obviously time's come, need to go to bed. So I got a bottle of Krug champagne, thought I'll keep that as a memento of my time at United. So I walked in, I walked out of uh, the living room, uh, walking down Dean's with this bottle of Krug champagne, still with a cork in, and I get round to uh, Parsonage Gardens, and this tramp <laughs> was on a bench in, in the gardens. So I went over and chatting to him god knows what we were talking about it must have been one o'clock in the morning i end up opening this bottle of crew champagne how much are we talking i don't really know about champagne how much for the bottle yeah probably about 200 quid right that was back then as well yeah so me and this Big tramp spender. ended up drinking this bottle of champagne in in the middle of <laughs> passage <laughs> gardens yeah story. <laughs> but that was that was it and then oh. i ended up just obviously thinking right I need to go to bed, and my, my room's only 20 yards away. So I gave him the rest of the bottle, said, right, all the best, pal. And that was the start of my 12-day. Didn't go home. What do you mean you didn't go home? Did you sleep? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I went to bed. Yes, yeah, so you went yeah. home. And then went, well, no, because my own... You were staying in the hotel. Family ah, house, right, sorry, family yeah, I see what you mean, but you stayed in the apartment. Else. Ah, I get you. So I, I said to the wife at the time, I said, Max, listen, I'm going to stay 
in, in the apartment, in the apartment. She said, right, no worries. Anyway, for 12 days, I just went on the lash. What happened on the 13th morning? 13th day, I sort of like clicked and thought, can't continue to do this. I didn't even think anything. I just thought I need to get home. Yeah. You know, um, what I'm doing is wrong. And probably that was my bit of depression I needed to get out of myself. Mm -hmm. And I did that by drinking. And then went home, went on holiday, got a call from Burnley, which was like 12 or 30 miles from my door where I used to live and went to Burnley for 12 months and then retired. Yeah, true story. I don't think I've told that anybody. So there you go. Thank you, Maisie. And that was it, David May. It feels like a lifetime ago now. Which, what, doing the interview? Well, yeah, or? just because it's been, we've done so much since we <laughs> sat down and did that. Yeah, I, I, I imagine even if we did it now, it would go differently, but it was almost better to do it then because we hadn't had the experience, and I guess you hadn't had the experience of sitting with the podcast equipment and it. No. And it, I don't know, you really opened up. Yeah, well, I think you just got to be honest, haven't you? As I've, as I've said, everything's not rosy in a, in a footballer's life. You have your up and downs. That's really my life story of how it's been. Mm-hmm. And we got a few tears as well. Did we? We did. Did I cry? You did. <sighs> I'm hopeless. Standard. I cry at anyone who dies <laughs> in Coronation Street, so. <laughs> I'm sure you cried when I got married too. I probably I did. Yeah. I'm hopeless. Weddings, it. funerals. Well, funerals you can accept. Weddings. And anyone who just does like nice speeches. Yeah. The gaffer in, in, in the um in the changing room for the ninety nine reunion filled up thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're just gonna be like half time, we'd give a really rousing team talk and <laughs> like, we'll just yeah. really get to me. I'm just bawling myself <laughs> in the corner, yeah. No, it, it is. It's um it means a lot. It does. And people obviously I'll have listened to the podcast now and um, knew that everything wasn't as rosy as, as what everyone seems to think. Especially when people leave the club. Yeah. I think a lot of the time it's a lot harder for people than what they say it is. But it's easier to say now at your yeah. stage in your life. But course, when you leave yeah. the club and go on to another, another club at the time, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, I sat down and cried. I know, I know. And even that record now, David Gray, still you know brings it back to me driving down the road out of Carrington. What, what one's that? Sail away. Oh, poignant. I know. Because you were literally... Well, I weren't sailing, away. I was driving like... <laughs> but yeah. Just on the airwell. Yeah, yeah, just on the air. Yeah. Just paddling. Yeah, without a paddle. Okay, uh, very quickly. Now that you've uh, experienced the podcast from both sides, which do you prefer? Being the interviewee or the interviewer? Do you know what? I, I really enjoy doing them because you, you get to hear the stories of the ex-players, the current players... And it's, it's, it's a real eye-opener. It really is. Yeah, because you know your own story. It's not as interesting yeah, for you, Yeah, mine, mine's boring. If I listened to it, I'd find it boring because obviously I'm, I'm, That's knew it. That's definitely not boring for anybody it, else. But um, no, they are good. Okay, right. That's enough of David May for one sitting. Uh, a big thank you for making it all the way to the end. If you could now go one step further and leave a review, we'd really appreciate it. Hopefully by now you're already subscribed. But if not, make sure you do that now so you don't miss out on next week's episode. Hold up. 